so at a young age, I always knew what hatred was. Being an African American in a predominantly, <coughs> predominantly white world is uh, pretty hard. My life was always ridiculed with drugs, dark moments of thinking about suicide. I mean, I didn't do drugs, but the people around me, I mean people, I mean family, around me constantly reminded me that you can love family, but doesn't mean you have to trust them. At the age of 11, you find out things are pretty hard when you find out the one person that gives you his middle and his last name really didn't love you in the first place. You know, when I was a kid, my grandfather took me in, gave me his middle and his last name. My father didn't want me at birth. So I thought this man was the perfect father figure. I used to always just daydream about living life with him forever, learning stuff, joining the military, because he was a military man. I mean, he just taught me what SOS is. I guess it was called shit on the shingle. <laughs> you know, it was just gravy and sausage with biscuits. At least that's what it was to him. Until his youngest daughter dumped her daughter on him because she wasn't done living her life. She couldn't be a mother like that back then. So it was easy for her just to drop off some child and go live your life. But I knew for a fact from that point on my life was over. The family feel all that. It was it was gone. Oh it was <laughs> it was starting to end. So that means I would have to go back and live with my mother and my stepfather and live the poor drug drugged life pretty much. Live the live in the ghetto struggle for meals, family of four, so you knew for a fact the the food is always going to be an issue. But somehow, my will just kept trying to get stronger. I lived a nightmare from the age of 12, when I moved back to my mother, to the always the age of 15. It was crazy. I couldn't really get over the fact that, you know... There's other kids that have it way worse than I do. Yeah, they probably do, but everyone lives in their own nightmare, pretty much. Around 2004, my grandmother got really sick. That was my grandfather's wife. Wasn't really close to her, but she was always the sweetest person. She disciplined me when I did something wrong, and when I did something right, she would always smile and never let me forget I did something right say the sweetest things even when he stopped paying attention to me she kept paying attention to me she knew the jealousy that I had and the fear that I was growing she knew it was all coming to an end but she was the only one who understood I was really just wanting to not feel alone in this big world of black and white white kids would make fun of me I get jumped constantly didn't even know what the word nigger meant, but I had called it on multiple occasions. No one really gives a shit about racism, but when it's happened to them, then magically the whole world has to stop. Crazy, right? So, 
I didn't really make friends. I had this friend named Trevor. I thought he was my friend at a point. Well, yeah, I just contradicted myself. I thought he was my friend, but he made fun of me for being poor. He'd had all the video game systems. He had everything that I wanted. I mean, when I mean everything, I mean, fuck, he had the Segas, the Super NES. His mother worked hard for it, though, to get him, give him the life that he always wanted and always deserved for being white and privileged. I know it sounds really harsh to say, but that's just the way I felt. He had everything, you know? Why wouldn't he? But when you grow up poor, I grew up on little handheld games. Remember the, you guys remember the prepaid handheld games? They just... I grew up on that kind of stuff. The one had like three levels. Remember this game called Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden? It was this, it was a cheap little white handheld game. I thought it was a shit. Watch kids play with little game gears or little Sega game gears and stuff like that. Game Boys. All the kids had the new stuff, but I said it was just... I was just stuck in time. Couldn't get close enough to get in what they had. So I started to lie about my life. And it started about the age of 13. Friend, uh, well, not friend, but the kids that grew up around my area had these skating shoes back then called Osiris's. They were puffy, big. They were actually, when I really think about it, they were just, they were stupid. But they were really dope back then. Every kid had them. I had to have a pair, but grandfather wasn't going to pay that type of money for a pair of shoes. So I always thought, you know what, I'm going to pay less. I might find something close. And there was, but people knew it wasn't. And I always try to like make it seem like, oh, this is like the different brand. Like this is like the cousin of the Osiris. These kids didn't give a shit. They just want something or someone to make fun of. So I learned really fast at a young age. You just can't make everyone happy. You just can't fit in with every click. It's nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with your skin. Some people will be like, well, these kids didn't know when they were younger. They didn't know any better. <laughs> you know... I heard when I was older that racism isn't something you're born with. It's something you're taught. Maybe, but they were taught well. I mean, man, I was just, I was really a destroyed kid. Fuck, I was just not really coping well with life. So back to my grandmother. She passed away in 2004. Then after that, my grandfather was pretty much never the same. He focuses 100% of his attention on my, my little cousin. I was no longer the person he wanted to be around. It was, I was a mid-teenager, and she was still young, a youngin', so he had to focus his energy on another child, even though he raised all his kids, but he's still raising his daughter's child. How great that worked out, right? So I moved back to my mom. And a poor, she was doing drugs with my stepfather, they would party every weekend, drinking. I mean, so many times but I would just, I would get beaten just because I didn't understand something. And there was one time I got beat so bad. I laid outside and I contemplated death. I didn't even know what death was. But I knew for a fact it probably had to be better than this. So, I had to find some reason to keep pushing. So I met a I guess a cousin of mine through my sister, so technically not really family and me, but on her side of the family, it was their family. 
So I guess they were somewhat my cousins. So I don't know if they're confused. I'm sorry. And he had a father. But this older cousin, they call him TJ. <laughs> he had a father um, that taught me everything about sports. He realized my potential for being the fastest kid in school. Like I, I win all these field day prize, took first and everything. I had bursts of speed with a tons of stamina. Just came out of nowhere, and that's what I pretty much focused on. He would train and hone me from track and field to basketball. Shot me out, taught me how to shoot a basketball. Then the love for football came. He knew I had a bunch of pent up anger. Like I, he, they'd invite me to a bunch of family functions, and all these my sisters, side her, her for her farm for her father, her side of her family. They would throw these family functions. She was always at one because everybody got along. They knew they were that they were blood with her. But me, I was just really nothing to these people. You know, I kind of stayed in the corner, grab a plate, and just kind of stayed to myself. They were like all about wearing red, I guess. They were bloods. Never got that. I didn't really care for none of that stuff. I just, I just really didn't. So my sister's cousin, father, was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just hanging out here, you know, eating some food and he was like wife away from everybody I said I don't know those people he was those people are your cousins I said no they're not my cousins they're my those are my sister's cousins I mean I don't know how the timeline works or what the chain of command works when it comes to family but those guys will see me as family I'm awkward I'm goofy I talk extremely fast those people don't care for me and I get it so I'll just sit out here and just pretend you know he goes, how would you feel if they did that to you? I said, they're doing it to me now. He goes, how about this? The world is not going to change if you don't give it a chance to change. So even if they they act different towards you, then you're, they're better than you in some sports. They, they act different. Just give them a chance. I bit my burger and said, well, okay. Finish my food and I'll give it a try. Went out there and shot some hoops. It wasn't as good as hoops I was at football, but I... Fuck, I'd, I had a good time, but not enough to, you know, to talk about. So, I uh, was pretty much still being made fun of by them. I mean, all of them. I was at a shooting hoop because I had to shoot like everybody else shot. I shot different. The girls would make fun of me. You know, they're out there dancing and backing it up. I didn't know how to dance or let a girl dance on me like that. I didn't know any of that stuff. They all had all these little mixed Mexican kids over with them. I mean, white kids, some white kids, but not enough, you know. But they're all dancing and you know grinding at each other. I didn't know any of that junk. I was just was just there. So I did what everybody didn't really expect me to do. I left. I walked all the way home, on the other side of town. You imagine for hours being made fun of after someone tells you go make friends, go you know go bond, go you know go be a part of the circle. I said okay. And it just backfired. So I waited to everybody pretend like they're... I waited to everyone pretty much got so distracted that they would never notice I was gone. I walked all the way home. Got home. My mom was high as shit. My stepfather was high, drunk. They got my older sister down in on it. So now they're all, they're all drunk and partying. And like, well, what are, you, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? This is my home as well. He's like, why ain't you stay? And I don't want to stay. The people are not my family. So I just kind of took a shower and went straight to bed. 
we all shared a room back then, so I slept on the floor. And still, those days, I just, I was, man, like, wanting to accept death. Something had to be better than this. I mean, something. Anything. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a reason to be happy. So, first, my uncle came over. He was freaking out because he couldn't find me. Comes to my house. Oh, not my uncle. <laughs> Sorry, I guess this is a, just a habit. But my sister's uncle comes to the house looking for me. Have you seen your son? I haven't seen him. Like, I'm freaking out. Like, I don't know what's going on. She's, my mom's sober right now. She's like, yeah, he walked home. He said pretty much that uh, he was being made fun of. I mean, a lot. And he was, he had said something that maybe the monster I am today. This kid doesn't have thick skin. He's going to be a pussy. And I, my heart dropped and I'm like, the one guy I thought I was getting along with called me a pussy. I don't have thick skin. But he was right. Fuck, he was correct. I didn't have thick skin. I didn't have any of that. So, I took, I played the one sport that I could take my anger out on. It was football. Next day, he comes over and acts like he didn't call me a pussy. Picks me up. I was like, hey, why'd you walk away from the party? I said, word for word, I don't have to explain myself to you. I just, I'm not nothing to those people. So I left. He goes, okay, I get that. He goes, what if you didn't make your way home? What if something could have happened to you? He goes, that's my life, not yours. And he got, he got really got really upset. He's like, you know how some black people are. They figure, yeah, you don't talk to me like that. Hey, I'm just trying to help. He was trying to do that, but I was curving him at every point. He was just realizing that I was a little more intelligent than what he thought. He goes, I'm sorry that you didn't fit in. I said, I don't really care for that. So what am I doing? He goes, this is football tryouts. This is Pop Warner football. Oh, sweet. Um, okay. He goes, do you know what football is? I said, yeah, I watch tons of it. You got a favorite football team? I said, yeah. He thought I was going to say something like, before I start, 95% of my family are all Cowboys fans. The other Raiders, rest of them, probably Cardinals. But I said, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. He was like, oh my God, I have the whitest kid around me ever. And I'm like, I'm a my Packers fan. He goes, okay, didn't see that coming, but all right, so who's your, who's your favorite quarterback? I said, uh, Brett Favre. He goes, oh man, he goes, he goes, you know he started off as a Falcon. I said, I don't care. Guy has a cannon on him. He goes, so what position you want to play? I said, honestly, I want to play what he plays. He said, okay, let's, um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's give it a try. So I did. Went out there, practiced, didn't know how to really grip a ball well, but I had power. I can launch a ball fucking like back then like fifty, sixty yards. Didn't had no accuracy though. So the coach is like, Oh, you have a ton of power. You got speed. Fastest one of the fastest kid out there. One of the fastest kids. I there's other faster kids than me, but I was quick, agile. I could boogie. Didn't have cleats yet, so I was running in these payless shoes. I was out there moving. Even in payless shoes and the coach was like the hell so he said all right you're a quarterback you're not gonna be a starter but may i put you in another position i said no thank you i'll play quarterback i'll one day i'll get i'll earn my my time and he looked at me and smiled he goes i can respect that so he helped work on my accuracy which was really easy i picked up accuracy really fast that was 
that came that became really fast. <laughs> um, this is another kid back there named Vince. He was sucked dick at quarterback, but he was a pretty bored Mexican, and they gave it to him because he had a pretty throw and he had all the gear on, so he looked like a quarterback. But he got hurt the first second, the second game, and you know he, he played against uh, this Florence team. And this Florence team, I'm not gonna lie, you suck dick because when they put me a quarterback, I passed at least 400 yards on them, and I rushed for at least four of those touchdowns. And I, I mean, I didn't throw for any touchdowns, but I mean, I just te- I tore those guys up. But I rushed so bad on them that they, they, they couldn't even contain me anymore. I was like a uh, a, a young, not so. I mean, I'm super smart. But a young, not so smart, Michael Vick. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. So I kept playing. Went from 7th grade, I went from 6th grade, Pop Warner, to 7th grade. 7th grade, I took our team to a 7-2 a uh, uh, year where we beat, we beat teams bad. Didn't play my 8th my grade year because I just wasn't interested. My grades were suffering, so I needed to focus more on my grades they were trying to put me in special classes because they thought because i talked fast i was different that wasn't the case so there's a particular this, this particular year i'm going to become a freshman still wearing hand-me-down clothes i knew i had to figure something out my mother was living pretty much in government checks and i know cliche black family i know i get it make fun of me but I knew something was going to change. I just didn't know what. I kept, really wasn't sleeping good. The football wasn't really scratching the hunger, but I knew something was changing. Now, my family's always been super supernatural, like really spiritual, not just supernatural, spiritual. And I took a, a, a loving to the, the weird stories. And my grandfather used to always tell a story about the shaman side of the family and uh, I was like shaman side he used to always ask my grandfather what's a shaman he'd like it's a med, it's a healer of sorts I said okay but grandma used to practice that so did I and she used to always like when you get sick you realize you never stay sick long I'm like, well, I used to stay sick all the time I was always my mom's sickly child she called me I'd never really heal fast and it was a reminder that there were some things in this life that you shouldn't find out about. And I guess I was getting ready to. So one night, he starts telling me a story about the time that I floated into the living room telling him that it's almost my time get me ready and it fell down I'm, he was, I'm like you're stupid he, would, he goes you don't remember that story and then the more he scratched at the wound that my grandmother pretty much put up so before I go any further I um, was a, a vivid uh, sleepwalker and my grandmother would always say there was someone taking over my body and making me you know do not bad things but you know do things that pretty much that wasn't me like so she said she, the first time it scared her I woke up that I was uh, I woke up and I walked to the living room I made a full sandwich 
chips as if I didn't eat dinner four hours ago. Made it, ate a full meal. Eyes still closed. Cleaned up my whole mess and lay down and went back to sleep. All sleepwalking. And I was like, you, nah, you're messing with me. She you looked at me with a serious look. Then my grandfather's story started to add up. So I was like, you know what? This is weak. Come on, guys. You're just trying to scare me. And it's enough that he was telling a story while watching Tales from the Crypt in the back. You know, you can hear the story a little. You, you guys all know Tales from the Crypt thing. That shit used to give me chills hearing that shit. And then hearing the wicked laugh at the end of that. Oh, that fucked me up so much as a child. But I um, I learned to love it. It became a comfort. And he said, you should scare you all the time. You know, why don't scare you now? It's because that laughter, that theme music became like comfort for me to sleep. So at 14 years old, I moved back out with my grandfather. My mom wasn't really treating me well. She was on drugs. She wasn't trying to slow her life down. So I moved back in with him. And he really wasn't wanting me there, but he didn't want me to be on the streets. So my freshman year, I spent with my grandfather. Played football, played sports. I was... I was effing good at it. Freshman year, I took the local high school team to a 8-3 eight and, eight and three season. We only lost those three games due to defensive cluster because I put up points every game. And it wasn't enough, apparently. But this night that I came home, we, we just won our, Saturday, our Saturday's game against a Tucson team in Arizona. We beat them. Bam, bam. We put a whooping on them. There was some kind of weird negative energy in our home. My grandfather was unease. He was angry. I knew something was wrong. I'm like, hey, 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 what's wrong, man? You left your 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 socks out. And I'm like, my socks are not. My socks shouldn't get you that upset. What's wrong? And he he looked like something was in the house with him. Like if somebody got spooked so much, he was trying to stay outside. And his little his um he lived in an apartment building, so he had this chair that he'd go outside and sit down in. But there was something wrong. Like, it was something that triggered him that I knew something. It was something else going on. So, I um, walk over to, I walk over to him and I felt this energy. Like, if it was just not worthy of being in our home. He never, he was never much of a Christian or a Baptist or, you know, all his other religions. He was never really uh, religious. He just was... You know, he respected God and he never could live without him. I get it. But he needed God for this night. So I ignored the feeling. Went to bed that night. Tales from the Crypt was on. But my grandfather was watching the TV. My grandfather went to bed early that night, about 9 o'clock. Slept his light on that night. I hear Tales from the Crypt from a living room. I'm like, what the hell? And they put me asleep. But then I tried to wake up and get out of my bed. I couldn't move. Some people call this sleep paralysis or, you know, something's holding you down. It was. I've seen the figure. I felt it. And I wasn't afraid. But I was. So I reached out to it. It gave me a look like, what am I reaching for? And I felt it like it had ribs. I felt the beat. And I put my hand through it. And I said, let me go. I left the TV on. And it, I heard a voice in my head stating I turned the TV on. I needed you. I needed you to pay attention. Pay attention. He goes, I'm going to come back for you at 16 years old. We're going to become one. 
You may not understand now, but your grandfather promised me you. It's a promise to me. You, what does that mean? Like, a, like we're gonna get married or something? You know, I was confused. He was like, no. Or my soul? I mean, he goes, no. We're gonna be one, and we're gonna change the world. Okay. Well, I thought it was a joke, and I said, I said, well, whatever. But now release me, and it let me go. I woke up, and like this creepy face was in a mirror. It was, it was distorted blurry but distorted they were smiling at me i was like and i looked at the mirror i said, don't smile at me and it went away walked to the living room turned tv off turned tv on in my room turned on nick and there's a nick at night by then it was playing some older school shows like i think all that it was just pretty much repeating it all night so i went to sleep up the next morning my grandfather was in a better mood he goes you had a strange dream that you were talking to yourself i said i had a strange dream that me and you have a lot to talk about 